0: Welcome to the Mindful Soul Collective podcast, a safe space for your healing. I'm your host, Sharina, a counsellor, wellbeing coach, multi-biz owner, and mum. I'm here to talk all things mind, body, and soul. You can expect conversations on mental health, mindfulness, mindset, healing, and whole body wellness. I've completely redefined my relationship to myself and to my life. And now it's your turn. I'm so excited you're here. Let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Last week, we dove into the first four core pillars of supporting your mental health and well-being. And as a quick refresher, the first pillar was nourishment. So things like water intake and food. The second pillar was movement, which is gentle and regular exercise. The third pillar was sleep. So getting enough quality sleep. And the fourth pillar we dove into last week was environment, which is getting fresh air and sunshine every day. We explored all of these in last week's episode, so if you'd like to know any stats or research based info on any of them, head back to episode three. But today we're going to dive into the final three pillars, which I'm so excited for because these three are definitely my favorite. And the pillars that we spoke about last week are really based on things that are spoken about often in society. So they're things that, you know, we were told in school and we see on TV and we read in books. But the three we're talking about today aren't spoken about quite as often, if at all. So this information is going to be really valuable for you. So pause the episode, grab some paper and get ready to take notes, because if you can implement these three pillars, your life will change. And I'm not saying that lightly. I wholeheartedly believe that these pillars, all of them, but the three today can change everything for you. So the first pillar of today and the fifth overall of my core pillars is support systems. So this is looking at the habits, the routines, the rituals and the relationships in your life. I'm going to discuss this pillar in two parts. And the first part is going to be about habits, routines, and rituals. And the second part will be about relationships. So I found a beautiful quote by Mina Trados that I want to share with you to start this pillar off. And that is, if you want to change your world, you need to start cultivating good habits. Habits, routines, and rituals help us to find stability and safety when everything else may feel overwhelming in life. When we create them, we are taking control of our lives and we're able to direct our focus towards what's truly important. Researchers have found that routines can have incredible benefits for our mental health, such as alleviating bipolar disorder, ADHD, and insomnia. Dr. Steve Ormer also says that routines can alleviate anxiety and stress. Habits help us to feel more in control of our lives. It helps us to feel calmer and more focused and productive and of course less stressed you're also going to find that if you have habits that you regularly implement and practice and have in your life you're going to find this sense of stability and consistency in life which makes everything feel easier so are your habits routines and rituals supporting the life that you want to create do you feel shame or guilt or disappointment over a particular action or behavior that you do Or maybe do your friends or family make comments about anything in particular that they're worried about? In general, a bad habit's going to keep you from being your best. It could harm your health or well-being, and it may encourage negative behaviors as well. Good habits are the opposite. So they empower you and support you and they nourish your overall health and well-being. So take some time to determine what habits you currently have and if they're considered supportive or not and start working on eliminating a couple at a time. And when you know which habits you'd like to eliminate, you may also want to replace them with something that's going to be healthier that supports you instead. I'm going to give you some ideas of healthy habits you could implement, but this list is not exhaustive. You may not like any of the ideas, which is so okay. Your habits need to reflect you, your lifestyle, and the kind of life that you want to live. So don't just use my list as gospel. Find what works for you. But in saying that, a couple of ideas, and these are just some of them, as I say them, you may already do them. They don't have to be these big one hour routines that you have in the morning if you have time for that and that supports you beautiful do that i love a morning routine i think they're amazing but realistically we are all so busy and sometimes you just need to implement a couple of more things into your life right so here are a couple of ideas i do most of these things um not every single day but they're things that i do prioritize so opening your windows for fresh air making your bed Standing at your desk instead of sitting, wearing sunscreen every day, uh, flossing your teeth or pulling oracle cards, having a glass of water as soon as you wake up, practicing yoga, drinking less coffee or eating lunch outside. I love to eat my lunch outside. (laughs) Doing a random act of kindness. Maybe every Monday you do a random act of kindness for someone. Go to bed earlier, ask for help read more to your kids or read more just in general find what works for you and like i said before it doesn't have to be this big overwhelming thing start small eliminate the things that you know aren't supporting you and replace them with something that's more healthy and that is going to support you the second part of support systems is the support systems pillars is relationships. So when we have healthy relationships in our life, we're able to seek practical and emotional support from somebody outside of ourselves. This means that we're going to have someone to rely on when we need them the most. And also just kind of through the usual stages of life where things are hard, you know, those roller coasters you go on. It's good to have someone that you can go to. Research has shown that having a support system of healthy relationships will have a positive impact on your mental health. And it's especially important for women, older adults, patients, students and workers. There have been studies that have shown depression, loneliness and altered brain function are linked with poor support system relationships. The altered brain functions can make people more likely to suffer with depression or want to take their own life um, and use alcohol. One particular study of men who had strong support systems were less likely to die than those that didn't and that study was of middle-aged men and conducted over a seven-year span. Researchers have also shown that stress is managed more easily when we have support systems in place. There are three different kinds of relationship support that you can have. And I will probably actually do an individual episode on this alone, but I'll briefly explain the three to you now. So there's emotional support. So these are people and services you can lean on to support you through times of emotional difficulties. So some examples of this are partners, um, close friends, friends, family or therapists and then there's informational support so these are people and services you can lean on that gives advice and guidance and mentoring um, and information so some examples of this is again therapists um, coaches doctors uh, mentors and then there's instrumental support so these are people and services that take care of your physical needs when you may need it so some examples of this might be nannies respite care, cleaners, grocery delivery services and things like that. So your support system can look a little bit like having a romantic partner, parents, siblings, um, grandparents, friends, work colleagues, neighbors, but it could also include things like counselors and coaches, your doctor, mentors, cleaners, nannies and childcare. So your support system can really be quite broad and it's important to have a really diverse mix between personal and professional. So I have three questions that you can ask yourself to help assess and build your relationship support systems. So question one is, what is it that I need or want from my support system right now? Maybe you need a bit more help with the housework, or maybe you need to hire someone else for your business. Maybe it's to do counseling. So really looking at what you really need and want in your life right here, right now. The second question is, do I need more variety in my support system? So like I said before, it's important we have a mix of personal and professional support. So things like friends and family, but then also having things like counselors and coaches of some kind so that you're not entirely relying on just your friends, because that can put a lot of pressure on friendships and relationships. So having that mix is really important. And the third question is, do I need to nurture or commit to the support I currently have? So look into the relationships you have right now and determine if maybe you need to put a bit more TLC into them. Maybe some friendships need a bit more time and conversations, or maybe you only half-heartedly attend counseling. And of course, with this one, do it without judgment and only with love. And then from here, you can begin to look for ways to build your support system. So some starting points may be reaching out to friends and family, using technology to meet new people or connect with old relationships. You could join clubs or groups. You could start at a new gym. You could hire the appropriate professional support you need. So with your support systems, everybody is going to be really different. This is just general information. So again, find what works for you. Look at your personal circumstances and... Of course, you can get professional help to help you build this support as well. The sixth pillar of supporting our mental health and well-being is mindfulness. And of course, I was going to mention this one. It's in my business name. It's in my podcast name. It's so important. It's a key part of my work with clients and for a really good reason. So this pillar is all about downtime and rest and relaxation and being present within your body. So mindfulness allows us to fully attend to what's happening right here, right now. It's our ability to be fully present and aware of where we are, what we're doing, and not to be overwhelmed or overreactive about things that might happen around us or to us. When we're not being mindful, we're usually living on autopilot and missing the beauty of the current moment. So a really good example of this is if you drove to work this morning, do you remember it? Do you remember putting your blinker on and turning down a certain street? Do you remember someone crossing the road? When we're driving our car to work, it's very often we're on autopilot. We don't even think about it. We've done it so many times that our brain just puts us into autopilot and off we go. But think of all the beautiful things you could miss when you're on autopilot. So researchers reviewed more than 200 studies and the results were were incredible mindfulness is especially effective in reducing stress anxiety and depression and it's also been shown to help with chronic pain addiction and fatigue it's also been found that mindfulness can boost our immune system reduce stress levels and improve emotional regulation mindfulness is available to us every single second of the day there are so many tools and techniques that can be used as mindfulness which I will give you some examples but I just wanted to share that the most simple and easy way to practice mindfulness is bringing your attention back to your body your breath and your surroundings I recommend practicing mindfulness as often as you can We're all human and we're going to get caught up in the day-to-day of life. But as often as you can bring yourself back to that present moment, the more benefits you're going to notice. As I mentioned, there are so many tools and techniques that I could go into, but I'll just give you a couple of examples that you can go off and explore and see what works for you. And of course, on this podcast is going to be plenty of recommendations about mindfulness. So stay tuned, of course. But here are a couple of examples. So of course, there's meditation, there's body scanning, there's mindful stretching, practice practicing gratitude, taking regular breaks throughout the day, reading. Mindfulness is really a way of living. It doesn't necessarily have to be something else to add to your to-do list every day. It can be as simple as slowing down with each everyday activity that you do and using your different senses to tune into that moment right then and there. A really good example I like to use with clients is doing the dishes. If you don't have a dishwasher, that is. I don't have a dishwasher because my kitchen is too small, unfortunately. (laughs) So we hand wash our dishes. So, you know, you can feel... The warmth of the water on your hands. You can hear the bubbles popping. You can watch the bubbles pop as well. You can feel like the cloth or the sponge running over the plate. You know, that is practicing mindfulness because you're in the moment, you're using your senses, and you're paying attention. You're not on autopilot, which is what you want. And the final pillar, the seventh pillar of supporting your mental health and well being is emotional well being, which is nervous system support and thriving within all parts of yourself I will briefly mention that with this pillar there is so much information I can provide I could be here for days talking about emotional well-being so I'm just going to give you some basic info and again this is the basis of all of my work of all of my blogs my social media my podcast everything I talk about is working on your emotional well-being I'll emotional well-being is going to help us to be more aware and understand and accept our feelings and emotions. It's also going to be our It's also about, sorry, our ability to manage difficult times and changes in our life. I really believe that our emotional well-being is about understanding our mental health and being able to support ourselves through our life no matter what comes up and what challenges pop up. So according to the National Institutes of Health, emotional well-being is important because it can affect how people function and carry out everyday tasks. It can also affect how well individuals are able to handle stressful situations and challenges and how they adapt to change and how they respond to difficult life events our emotional well-being can affect relationships work our mental health, our physical health, it really can affect every area in our life. If we have issues with our emotional well being, they can show up with things like higher blood pressure, a weakened immune system, and increased illness, which I've actually personally experienced as well. The good news is that everything I've mentioned within all of the core pillars, so today and last week's episode, is going to help you strengthen your emotional well being. So, in saying that, our emotional well being is directly connected to our nervous system. So I did want to talk about our nervous system just a little bit before wrapping up today's episode. One of the key contributors to mental health issues is having a dysregulated nervous system. When our nervous system is dysregulated, it can cause us to respond inappropriately to events or people or circumstances, and that could be both overreacting and underreacting. This is generally caused by unsolved traumas or stress responses from our past, which can then lead into health Sorry, mental health issues such as depression anxiety sleep issues chronic fatigue and as previously mentioned inappropriate behaviors so some symptoms that of having a dysregulated nervous system are being easily overwhelmed crying or feeling upset for no reason or it feels like no reason suicidal thoughts self-harm angry outbursts high levels of anxiety or depression um, unable to cope with stress or disordered eating you might just feel overly Emotional, like you just can tell something's not quite right. But the good news is, we can re regulate our body and our brain by, and of course, our nervous system by using somatic techniques. I'm going to talk about a couple of my favorite techniques, but there are so, so, so many out there. So find what works for you, as always, and leave the rest behind. So, the couple I want to talk about today is the first one breath work. There are loads of different techniques you can use for breath work, but starting at the basics is probably the best option if you're new to breath work. And this is simply deep breathing in through your nose, down into your belly, holding it for a moment and exhaling through your mouth and repeating. The second one is cold therapy. So that could be, of course, like cold plunges, like doing ice baths, which are quite popular at the moment it could also be holding or eating ice drinking ice cold water could be standing in front of the fridge or an air conditioner I think they're probably the main ones I recommend to clients because they're so easy for us to access and the third example to re-regulate your nervous system is using grounding statements so I have noticed that this doesn't particularly work with everybody. For me personally, it does work, but not if I'm in an incredibly dysregulated state, but I thought I'd mention it anyway, because it is a little bit different. So a grounding statement is quite similar to an affirmation. So it's a positive statement that we repeat to soothe our emotions. So they help to remind us of something that's already true and gives our body a reminder to notice the present moment. So an example of this could be, I can feel my heart beating in my chest and I am safe in this moment. We are never going to be able to entirely control our nervous system but the goal is to have a balance and hopefully you know hopefully allow us to move into a regulated state as quickly and as easily as possible with these tools and techniques. As I close out today's episode I wanted to remind you that wherever you are on your journey you are not broken and you do not need to be fixed we all have stages of life where our mental health is overwhelming and not necessarily supported how we would like it to be It's part of life it doesn't mean that you you have failed it doesn't mean that you don't care it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you it means that you are a human being having a human experience so as you navigate this journey and your life Keep in mind that there's so many resources available to you and with the right support, you can overcome any obstacle. You are strong and capable and deserving of a happy and healthy life. Wherever you go next is up to you, but just know that I am cheering you on. I am supporting you from afar and you've got this. If you'd like to dive any deeper into supporting your mental health and well-being, I do have spaces available for new clients, including after-hours appointments. You can book a free chat to see if I'm the right counsellor and coach for you, or you can just go ahead and book a session if you know you would like to work together. There are links in the show notes. I am sending all of my love and all of my support, and I will be in your ears again next week.